Hey, we're really glad you guys are here today. Um, I'm excited about today because today we get to kick off our, uh, our new series, uh, What's Your Story? And today we begin the journey of What's Your Story with the story of all stories. I would venture to say that we all enjoy a good story. As children, we ask our parents to read us a story. We make up stories as we play and as we uh, go through life. Uh, we read books, we go to movies, we watch plays because we enjoy a good story. Uh, we dream of how our lives will turn out, and we, we dream about that, and, and it, it's a story of, of how it's going to play out. We listen to the stories of others. We learn, we grow, we, we change, and sometimes we change our story as a result. Uh, stories are meaningful. Stories are powerful. Stories are compelling. They surprise us. They move us. They stir our emotions within us. Stories have the power to influence us. And often they can create an openness in us for change. I believe that the story of all stories is the unfolding narrative of God. I believe that we have God's Word, the Bible, which tells us the story of all stories. It's the story of God and His creation. The story of God and His relentless pursuit of His people. It's the story of a God who gives us faith. Uh, this God in which we find our ultimate hope. This God who demonstrated to us radical love for us by what He did for us on the cross. And it's a story that's not some stagnant story out there that we just read about. It's a story that God has invited us into. God desires that we realize that we are a part of His unfolding story, the, the grand story of the Scriptures. Each of us has a role to play. As we talked about last week, this isn't just some theoretical idea that we're going to pray about and see what happens. This is something that we are going to pray about, but we're going to actively pursue joining God's story. It's, it's how we look at love, and it's about how we allow the love of God for all creation to be displayed through us in the world in which we live. And this story of all stories is the greatest story ever. It's a powerful story when you realize that you truly are a part of the story. And because of that, it will change you. I think that the story of all stories that we find in the Scripture has the ability to overwhelm every aspect of your life. It connects us back to God. It connects us with those who have gone before us, with those who will come after us, and it connects us with each other. We are all a part of the stories. That's what we see in the Scriptures. We see the story of God. We see the story of His people, the story of the church. This, the church has a history of telling stories. The Israelites told stories about God. The early church told stories about how God showed up in some amazing and unexpected ways. And while we cannot tell all the stories that we find in the Scriptures, we're going to try to run through God's story of all stories this morning. There's a lot of ground to cover, and I'm going to just hit the very, very peak of it, right? We're going to be looking from 60 to 90,000 feet down at this picture of the story of all stories. And so what I'm going to invite you to do is put your chairs in their upright position to buckle up and hold on, okay? Because here we go. We're going to try to run through this because I think it's important. I believe God wants you to hear His story today. The story of all stories began in a garden 
It was creation. God desire, God's desire was to be close to His creation, close to humanity, His image bearers, those that were ruling over all of creation. He looked at the complete creation and He, he said it is very good. It was orderly. The ancient Hebrews would, would have referred to everything as being shalom. It was at peace. All things working together. All relationships between humanity and creation and God. They were all working. It was very good. But then the garden was lost. Peace was lost. Shalom was lost. We call it the fall. And with the fall, there came terrible consequences. Sin entered the picture. Death became a reality. The relationships that worked so perfectly together before were now broken. The relationship between creation and creation. The relationship between humans and creation. Creation and God, which includes humans and God. And we still see the effects of that fall, that brokenness today. You listen to, you watch, you read the news, and, and you're made aware of this brokenness. We feel it every day in our life. ISIS, natural disasters, Ebola, loneliness, cancer, substance abuse, disease, searching for meaning, people losing loved ones, rebellion, broken families. We are constantly reminded every day of our life that this shalom, this peace, this all is good, all is very good is broken. It's lost. But as we read the story, if you open up God's grand narrative, you realize that it doesn't end there. God doesn't end the story. Instead, this orderly God desires shalom, and He decides to do whatever it takes to have that back. To set things right again. And out of the broken pieces, we find the story of redemption. God chooses by election one man through which to bless the nations. The man's name is Israel. And through, er, the man's name is Abraham. And through Abraham, who is Israel, we find the people of God. Israel, the Israelites. And God chose them. And God was with them. God rescued them from Egypt. Uh, Moses led the people out of the Exodus. And, and God displayed His power and His provision in some very mighty and amazing ways. And the people of God were free. They were free to, to, uh, to leave their bondage and to worship the Lord as He was directing them. God showed up big and the people enjoyed the story that God was telling through them. They were, they were covenant people of God. God says, I will be with you. We have a covenant. And because of that covenant God had with them, God was working through them. He was working through them to bless all the other nations. Israel was set apart to be different than all the other nations around her. To be a light into all the other nations. Demonstrating the one true God. Showing what it means to have a relationship with God. And to be people of God. People of the covenant. And yet... The Israelites failed to play their role in the redemptive story. They were people of the covenant with God, and they decided to write their own story instead. They decided to worship other gods. They decided to make the story all about them. They decided they knew what was best. They went their own way, and as a result, the exile happened. First, the northern kingdom by the Assyrians, and then some 140 years later, the southern kingdom by the Babylonians. And with the exile came a lot of questions if we are reading through the story and we kind of take a pause right here, we have, to, we have to start asking a lot of questions. And I think they're questions that the Israelites were asking as well. Things like, will God deliver us from our oppressors like He did our forefathers back in Egypt? Is this our new reality? Is this all there is and we just need to accept it and lick our wounds and count our losses and, and move on? 
has God chosen someone else to love? Is someone else going to play the role designated for us in this redemptive story? Is God punishing us? Did we, did we mess up so bad that God has said, you know what, I don't love you anymore. Did God change his mind? Is God really all-powerful? Is he really that type of God? Did God set up a plan and now it fails? Did, did God give up on us? And I would suggest that often in our lives, we ask some of the same questions, don't we? Is God really in control? Sometimes it just really doesn't look like it. Is God punishing me? Did I mess up so bad that He no longer loves me? Did, did God give up on me? And in those moments of your life, of your story, and in the Scripture, we were feeling the effects of that shalom that was lost. We're feeling the effects of that lost peace, the, the loss of broken relationships. The truth is that God is not done with us. He's not forgotten you. God is faithful. That's what the story says. That's what God demonstrated. God has been and always will be faithful to His promises. He promised Israel that He would bless all the nations around them, and He made sure that that happened. And in order to bring that to completion and to complete the purpose of election, the promise of, of blessing all people, God who's faithful to the nation of Israel. He chose through the line of David to enter into the story. Through His one and only Son, Jesus Christ, He came to earth. And in doing so, He answered all the questions that the Israelites were asking. And at the center of this redemptive story, we find the Gospel. The Gospel message. The good news that the Creator, the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, the God of Israel, that He indeed did fulfill His promises to the people. He'd not brought in an understudy to replace them in their role. Instead, He remained faithful to them. He showed up in ways that they did not expect, but He showed up just the same. God revealed His love. He revealed Himself. He revealed compassion and, and justice and, and mercy and faithfulness and gentleness. And He revealed His joy with all creation in the person of Jesus Christ. And through the life of Jesus, and through His death on the cross, and through His miraculous resurrection, God's kingdom has come near. It's on earth as it is in heaven. It is, is having that brokenness has been reconciled, it's being healed. It, it is broken into the human realm. And it's directing all people back toward God. Jesus is announcing to the world in action and in His Word that the exile that they'd experienced, that it had ended. But it ended in this surprising plot twist, right? They thought they knew how it was going, and God says, no, uh, here you go. And every good story has one of those, right? The plot changes, and it, the unexpected happens. You see, despite what the Israelites thought, this exile was not just... Uh, for the nation of Israel to be freed from some foreign oppressor, which is what they were looking at. This ending exile was for everyone, for all creation, for men, for women, for children, for Jews and Gentiles alike. Jesus had defeated the ultimate oppressors, sin and death. They were crushed. They lost their power. They lost their sting. And in this relationship with the Creator God, it had been restored through what Jesus did on the cross. And as a result, everyone, and here's the good news, if you hear nothing else, everyone, everyone, and if you're part of everyone, which you are, this includes you, you are sons and daughters of God. You are children of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. 
You're not servants in his kingdom. You are children in his home. We have been redeemed. We have been restored. We've been reconciled back to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen? That's the gospel message. That's the good news. And that good news compels us to be, if you would, to be part of the family business. We've been asked to be a part of the family, right? The gospel's call is a call to action. It's a call for you and for me to see this love, to see the opportunity that we have to take an interest in people and to act, to carry out the ministry of reconciliation to all the world. And in doing so, we see that the church, right? The church, the church uh, gathering together is not an end into itself. Instead, the church, again, a group of people that are gathering together, the church exists for the sake of the world. That's why we, as a church, go and love and teach. It's for this church, we strive to help people discover and experience how amazing we are. No. What do we hope, what do we strive to help people discover and experience? The what? Life-changing love of Christ. That's what we are to be about. The church, you and me, we were created. We, we have this, this relationship with God so that we can serve as witnesses of God's king, kingdom coming to earth as it is in heaven until the day that our faith is made sight and all things, all things are made new. The church is a sign of things to come. The church is to be a sign of what's to come. It's almost like a movie preview, right? You go to the movies, you buy your tickets, then you go in and spend $50 on your popcorn candy and drink. And you go in and you find your seat and you're excited to see your movie. But what do you do first? First, you set through about 20 minutes worth of previews, right? And each preview has a purpose. The preview wants to give you an idea of what the movie is all about, the stars, the main characters, the plot, and how it's all going to go. They don't tell you exactly everything because they don't want you to spoil it. And what's it designed to do? It's designed to make you want to go watch that movie, right? You see the connection? As a church, we are to perform a similar function. We are the movie preview for God's kingdom. A world where people have their food and their drink and they're watching back you know, comfortably in their seat and, and they're observing life. And when people look at us, they should see that this is what the kingdom of God looks like. They should get a taste of what is to come. They should see the radical, sacrificial love. They should see unconditional forgiveness. They should see a group of people who go out of their way to serve the people around them. That's what the church is. A group of people who are committed to the belief that Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords and His kingdom is already here. We're to be people that strive to live in that reality each and every day of our life. And the world should take notice that there is something different. They should see that we are, as Paul says, a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ. Because we have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. The old is gone. The new has come. We are called to bring about this new creation to earth. We are the light of the world. And as such, we push back the darkness. That's our responsibility. That's our role. And in doing so, we expound the boundaries of His kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. It's the story of all stories. 
And in that story, after we see the creation of the garden and the garden is lost and the gospel comes, we see in the last chapter of the story that the garden is expanded. We read in Revelation chapter 21 that that ultimately the heavens and the earth will come together and all creation, not just some of it, but all creation will be restored. It will be reconciled back to God through Christ Jesus our Lord. Creation will be reconciled with creation. Humans will be reconciled back to creation. Creation will be reconciled back to God and that includes humans being reconciled back to God as well. Everything will be restored. It will be reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. God will live. He will reign. He will dwell. He will walk with His creation once again and forevermore. Sin and death It will be cast away once and for all. It will be gone. And that is an amazing story. That is the end of the story of all stories. But here's the struggle. At least here's my struggle. And maybe you can identify this with this as well. We're not yet to that final chapter where everything is set right, are we? Much like the Israelites believed and hoped and had faith that God would fulfill His promises, which He did when He sent Jesus Christ, we believe and we have hope and we have faith that God will fulfill His promises when He returns again to set everything right. We know how the story ends, right? If you've read Revelation, if you've heard the story, you know how it ends, but we've not yet experienced the end. We've yet to experience that resolution. We're stuck in the in-between. We don't yet know and experience that shalom, that peace. If you look around, you see the effects. You feel the effects of sin. We still feel and effects, still see and feel the effects of death. And in the coming weeks, you're going to have the opportunity to see some examples of that. Some of the stories that we're going to see over the next few weeks are going to hit close to home. I think you're going to hear the stories and you're you're going to hear and see their pain and their struggle. You're going to see their lost shalom. And you might even find yourself there with them. But we hope that you'll also see God's redemption. You'll see a loving God who redeems, who restores, a loving God who renews. We invite you to pause this message and play the video which is provided in the media player titled Video, The Story of All Stories. If you are listening via podcast, please copy and paste the URL provided in the description into your browser to access the video. Once the video is finished, please return to the message. It's our prayer that these stories will give you um, strength, that they'll give you encouragement as we live in between, because we're not yet in that last chapter. We, we live in the in-between time. It's in the already but not yet part of God's story. It's, it's, it is exciting and it is challenging. In broad terms, the story of God includes the, the chapters of the garden and the fall and Abraham and the Israelites, the exile, the gospel, where we find the church and the last chapter. And we are in the chapter of the gospel, the chapter of the church. And even though we know how the last chapter ends, we, we know that it's hard now. We know that it's not going to be easy. And yet we live with that hope as we function in this chapter of the church. 
And as we read His Word, and as we allow it to penetrate our lives, we understand that it's a call to action. It's a call for us to begin building God's kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. It's God's story. It's the story of redemption. And really, it's our story. It's a beautiful story. From the garden to the reconciliation of all things back to God, the amazing thing is, we get to be a part of it. God is inviting you. We have the opportunity. We have the privilege to be a part of God's story. So during the coming weeks, it's our prayer that you will hear the stories of the people as they share their stories, that, that you will be encouraged and that you will see how their story fits into God's story. And yet here's the thing. If you attend here and you see the videos and you hear them and, and you are encouraged and that's all that happens, then we've really failed. We have missed it. Because it's not just a, that you will be encouraged. It is, it is seeing how your story fits into God's story. It's seeing that you play an important role, that God has designed you to be a part of His story. And He's, he's inviting you to join Him in His story. Each week, we're going to look at a story or multiple stories. And we're going to see how that fits in to God's grand narrative. And I hope that you will begin right now praying that God will reveal to you how your story also fits in to His grand narrative. He's inviting you. The question is, will you accept your role in His story? The story of all stories. We're going to invite you to respond today. Maybe for you and your life, you have never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And you want to know more about that. You want to understand that God does have a plan. God does have a role because God loves you. And he wants that relationship with you. Maybe you feel like your story is just all messed up and you're in the exile. And you just want someone to pray with you. Because you want God's promises to be true in your life. We would love to have the opportunity to pray with you today. If you want to talk to someone, we're going to invite you to make your way over here toward the cross as we stand and sing. If you want to talk to someone next to you, we invite you to do that. You respond as God is leading you. Stand with me. The band's going to lead us. You make your way over to the cross. We'd love to meet you there.